evoking magic of the everyday wonderment of life and death, one bitch at a time. Step inside, bewitch seance. Episode, La Muerte. Hibernation was intense as fuck. And I'm so grateful in the most masochistic ways to be alive. And being able to thaw out in Abuela Castaña, who I'm still getting to know. 
because I avoided this space like the plague all winter even though it's always a lot warmer in here than it is outside. Mm. Meow. <laughs> we begin with Ying Ying the cat making an appearance over the meadow. <laughs> as the trees blossom. Ah, Luca, la bruja coming to y'all. Sitting within Abuela Castaña, which is a beautiful, great, grand chestnut tree outside of the house, the little witch's cottage that Schnookwiz and I get to be in and I get to be within her while I take in <sighs> the day and how spring is unfolding and all of the things that hibernation being in the cold, being with the thoughts, being with the pain, being with the shame, being with all of the things that come up when one shuts the fuck up and stillness, silence comes in. Bubble, bubble. <laughs> I'm in fucking trouble and it was really great to just go through the process and... <sighs> The hibernation seemed a lot more intense than last winter, but alas, I suppose that is how we put into practice the things that we have learned. Mm. Out of all of the things that are constantly spinning around wanting to be played with the story behind the image that is on the bewitch seance instagram page is the culmination of what the end of december 2020 felt like and there's more to say about this image for the next episode but for now it is absolutely fascinating to me how images come to be and there are these sequential astral movements that happened there was a total solar eclipse followed by the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter during the solstice, which was on the 21st of December. Alongside, during this celebration that happens, Kilauea on Big Island, Pele, 
erupted and all I could come back to is the incredible guiding hand into other realms. The energy that moves on these days regardless of whether we are interacting with it or not. There's an electricity in the air that is what Katrina moves through me and my body. La muerte. That is how death is referred to in Mexico. So the full cold moon that was perfectly placed at the end of 2020. All of the phases in between now dropping in on the equinox first quarter perfectly split in half <laughs> the balance of as is life so is death the title of the piece that i mentioned is face muerte ph face like the phases of the moon, the phases of the seasons. In these phases, I feel so grateful to nature for being able to be held by her and be taught by her. She's my favorite teacher and I love the way that she's constantly reminding us of our individual and, and collective memories, our stories, to better guide us in our state of chaos that we're all collectively sharing. I'm just constantly left in awe it's this deep bow and you do have to bow pretty deep to come into Abuela Castaña to sit it's a surrender to our fragility in a temporary mirage of human experience how quickly the cold reminded me of that. We spend so much time thinking about the way we want to live. I mean, we saw it firsthand and it's just this plowing through, uh, no, a pandemic's not happening and no, that's not what's really the case. Must move, must continue, do, do, do. So rarely, if ever, is there consideration for how we want to or can die? Death opens up so many doors to experimental spaces in parapsychology, quantum physics. Some of the branches within these studies are NDEs, which stand for near-death experiences, different dimensions, astral realms, 
heightened states of consciousness, ghosts, spirits, mediums, dreams, past life, reincarnation, sort of trails on and on like little breadcrumbs in a forest. I love these endless possibilities of what happens and also the curiosity that as humans we naturally hunger for it's the what follows the transition and often losing the curiosity for the process and how we all learn differently from it. So going deeper into and beyond, not the what happens after you die, although I can talk about that all fucking day, to thank you, whoever that was, appreciated. How do I prepare to die? Yeah, the dogs like it too. So, I'm going to open up with tarot. As we step into... And with Katrina guiding the way. May we keep... Blank close to our hearts with an open mind. May we be reminded of... The King of Swords. The Lord of War. Magistrate. Authority. Ideological battle. Matter of principle. Yeah. Follow us along. As we get on the roller coaster of La muerte. I saved a worm when I was about three or four and took it out of the carrot that my mom was chopping. It went into a Gerber jar, put some grass in it, and then, yeah, gave it the VIP experience. Um, instead of water, gave it some Sprite. Uh, did not go well. Kind of danced and swam. Did like a little dance swim. I didn't like the looks of it, so poured it out. But by that time, it was too late. I reckon, like, just getting dipped in carbonated uh, soda is not... Um, a fun experience for a very delicate body so uh put it back in the gerber jar walk into the kitchen and ask my mom hey so where did it go because there was movement inside of this thing that's inside of this jar but now there's not movement so where did the thing that was inside of this thing go and I get the response of heaven, which, what? So after this, you go somewhere. That was enough. That was it. 
it didn't even matter what heaven was it was like okay so it went somewhere like when you go to the store when you go to sleep when you go to the shower like when you leave the room is that where it went we just went to heaven and went to like shop or some shit all right well that'll suffice for now for now psych 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 sign super psych of course that only opened a door to an alice in wonderland spiral of fun there's this being out so far from a city um and really missing the convenience of a city well not so much now because yeah que dios los bendiga mijos but being out here there's this closeness to the things that you have to do in order to survive as a human uh, making fire cutting wood planting seeds so things grow and you can eat da, 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 da. whoa hello oh my gosh you're beautiful hi jeremy big old bumblebee jeremy so cute bumblebee tuna it's terrifying and i'm just completely like bougie city slash pretending to be country because not even there's no way that i like would actually make it out here if i didn't have like a fucking wood you know wood burning stove and shit so there's this brujo that retells uh, stories from like a generation ago all of the uh, yeah all of the older people in the towns um, talk about how if you like went out to town knowing that you were going to have to walk back as the sun was setting and you were going to be walking in the dark you had to have your bundle of hay ready to go because once the sun sets the wolves are gonna be out quite literally to eat your gorgeous ass uh and the bundle of hay when it was lit on fire would keep them away as long as there was light but they say how as they're walking you could see the glimmering of eyes uh just on the just on the outskirts of of the light waiting for it to go out so they can have a gorgeous meal for the night so that closeness to death i don't think we felt in a really fucking long ass time until 2020 until corona covid corona being the crown in spanish Mm. particularly because it has shifted entirely paradigms it's just shaking up snow globes and that is an ultimate death it's putting us to the closeness of death in the same way that we used to walk home on the daily like monday through sunday okay what's up what's next you know so 
take precaution. Don't kill all of them. Just, you know, take your little bundle of hay. Hey. There's this acceptance of, yeah, if I don't have my fucking bundle of hay or if the fire goes out, I'm fucked. But also, what am I going to do? Stay in my house and, like, not go get food because I need to eat. Things need to get done. I have to go into the village. Sometimes I'm going to stay out later. Sometimes I forget the time. Sometimes blah, 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 blah. Fill in the human excuse that we all have because that's what we are. There's this understanding that, like, I can't hide from death. Being afraid to live. Being afraid to die go hand in hand. And when you step into life, you can also step into death. And we are all experiencing that in the collective sense. Because all of these stories are facets of something we all don't know what the fuck is actually going on. (laughs) And COVID has presented this costume of death. We all know someone who had COVID, that died of COVID, that went through the process of COVID. It was on a global morning scale that people felt loss that people felt death and regardless what the space that comes afterward is as my mom had called it then heaven regardless of whether that's a store or a space or a place or a thought this costume doesn't seem to appear to scare like I didn't get scared knowing that that worm transitioned into something if anything I was just like where the fuck where is that like I go there too someday someday this body is gonna stop doing its little swimmy dance in the seven up two and where is it gonna go So it's reminding me that at some point I am also going to cease existing in this form. (gasps) Yeah. Yes, yes. Got a little token from the winter. Reminder of the equinox for the altar. From Abuela Castaña, gracias. There you go. Abuela Castaña's gift of the leaf, letting go of the winter coming into the spring. Depending where you are, what side of the globe, it might be in reverse. The death of my mom eight years ago this July planted seeds 
that that were catalysts for things that I could not even begin to foresee when when she died and that pain was so intense and so profound (laughs) being able to move with her through that process and up to the point that I could physically mentally where I was in that point in my life in that state because again remembering and learning in retrospect is always how we end up processing there are bits and pieces I share around her her death because again there's so many facets to it so what it opened up was that everyone we love and who dies before us gifts like she gifted me the life of accepting my own physical demise because it's going to happen but also the ability to process the immortality of my energy the spirit the soul the mind the astral body whatever that is whatever was the movement of the worm inside the gerber jar that that doesn't die that goes somewhere that transitions what stayed behind was the body Hmm. Tell me more, tell me more. This try to you so bomb. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, it, it's this the ability to be cold and still in in the winters and having the momentum of life catch up and be with what comes up I didn't recognize my mother was my death midwife and I her death doula and this only really came to light when I witnessed births and each time I witness a birth happen my mind cannot fathom the clusterfuck I just witnessed of incredible magic. So in the same way that we have the midwife that delivers the baby and as she's aware of the vitals, of physical condition of the mom, of the baby, the person that's transitioning, in this case my mom, who is losing the physical vessel that we're in now had the ability to show me what death could potentially look like the process of that so many layers the endless onion of shrek and donkey then there's the doula that during the birth holds the space, creates the space for the mom, the baby, the comfort, the massage, da 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 things. So 
on the flip side of it, we have the death doula who's doing the same thing. And this time is holding space for the process of death. And something that I've witnessed in birth and is very true to death as well is that nobody prepares you for this shit. Nobody prepares you for all of the things that can happen in, in a delivery room all of the things that your eyes witness for the first time every single time there's something new even though it's like the same thing it's never the same thing death has a spectrum as well obvi because there's all of this rainbow in between so through the birthing experiences that I've had to be witness of there is a lack of holding space for someone that we love not because we don't want to but because we haven't been taught how we don't know how to navigate such complicated stressful situations that last hours not just a like, hey, we're going to pop in, you know. And death is also a labor. We're not really told how to hold space for ourselves, how to self-care first and foremost in order to be prepared for that birth, for that death. And through that process, being able to then hold space for the person that we love this is a huge thing that was a learning process for me. <laughs> uh, I love when they laugh like that. It's so cute. We don't talk about death. We don't teach it we hide it away and pretend it's this other thing that just happens and there are so many ways in which it can happen it can happen suddenly or it can happen with the process of a diagnosis to take life in to take in the moments that you had here and what you're taking with you. I can see how difficult that was for my ma to sit with. It was so quick, so sudden, out of nowhere. It was sort of the two, you know, she got the two deaths where it, it came out of nowhere. It took a long time, but in the bigger scope of things, it was also really short. She was diagnosed in October of 2012 with a brain tumor. And by the next year of July 2013, she died. So there is this fastness and this slowness, right? Around these very poignant moments. <laughs> that we have around life it's really exciting to see how death is being talked about more and more in the way that it wasn't a few years ago 
um, where now you go anywhere in the world and people know what Dia de los Muertos is. Um, and if you don't know what's up, I mean, Pixar made a movie about it, so that's really fucking cool. It's making its way, you know, there's like the death revolution happening as we see it in the world, in our day-to-day, in everything that is present for us day in, day out. 2020 brought up that in a very, hey, don't forget the importance of your winters and springs. Yeah. Yeah, the dogs liked that one too. And although Dia de los Muertos catches on in the mainstream culture, uh, there is a deep understanding and reverence uh, in the tradition of being able to celebrate the people that have passed and making a party for them and wearing color and offering food and telling stories and dancing and singing. And remembering the idea uh, that's a powerful, potent tool that allows you to play with death and the magic behind it. I look forward to spaces that talk about it, that teach it, that aren't just hidden away in small corners in small, hidden, dark spaces. The way that I saw it happen was that those that are diagnosed, that have a date, they're hidden away in these dying coffins that slowly kill them while they're still breathing just to sort of leave this world behind in shameful silence. Yeah, that just really doesn't make sense to me on any level. And it reiterates and validates our disconnection from death, how disconnected we are from the process of birth, how disconnected we are from the process of death as well. Makes sense. So... One thing that came to mind was, as I mentioned before in episodes five and six, I was in the middle of my own ceremonial death party with the introduction of medicine. Uh, So going through my own existential crisis while my mother was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And afterwards, her death only propelled my Saturn return to the outskirts of the universe in a way where it's the wild card, you know, the rainbow wild card that I was talking about earlier. So the weird spaces that I mention in parapsychology and quantum physics, those naturally blend in with the experience of death, which is absolutely fascinating to witness. And in spite of my ma's inability to really hold conversation, interact, um, she's just really drugged up on all sorts of steroids and medication and all of that, there was still this deep curiosity that I saw in her where 
all of the questions that I had been asking as I was growing up and she didn't have answers for, we were talking about. And it wasn't in, at length. It would always be kind of short. But I was very aware of her willingness to be open to that. And it was as though we met in this space of understanding because it's being felt in a deeper way that's beyond the conceptualization of something. And I say this very often because my mom and I were really close. She was my fucking best friend. And there was no possible way before that I could fathom her dying. And then when it happened, there was the process of acknowledging it and accepting it. And sort of going in between the spaces of the Matrix world and the way that death is perceived and the business of death and the ridiculous bureaucratic bullshit that comes along with it there aren't many guidelines there aren't many counselors there aren't many like yeah get togethers on showing you how to um be the caretaker of somebody that is still living but you feel has died a long time ago when that process, the slow, slow process of death, that someone takes, it's, it's like piece by piece by piece until you don't recognize them anymore. And there's this really militant uh, acceptance of death of like, well, it just happens and like you just have to do it and you have to go through it. But the thing is, once the, that person transitions, those that held space for them stay here and have to move through the process of what that was for them. And in my experience, there is no fucking conversation about it. There is no, hey, let's deconstruct this shit. Hey, let's talk about our feelings. And not just right after when everybody's open and vulnerable and crying and telling stories about Dia de los Muertos that is a holiday our tradition a celebration of remembering those that have died that allow us to think about death even if we only do it once a year when I sit here looking out the frost melting in the sun and the blossoms coming out where I think, yeah, there's this coldness and this idea that we have about death, but is also so useful for us to remember how we can grow into it. So it was absolutely jaw-dropping fucking cray-cray to me that I felt closer to her in death than I did when she was alive. And again, the seed of death that fucking fruited this rainbow fruit that's taken me on some wild ass incredible rides my ability willingness to deeply contemplate death as well as so many people around the world because it doesn't make sense not to for contemplating life as deeply hopefully fingers crossed 
doesn't remove the tsunami of sensation that's felt when someone I love is in my life, deeply care about, feel all of the things when they transition. And I say transition because transition feels more quote unquote real than than death. Like I feel that death serves as being able to understand what a transition is, a deep transition. Yeah, the more I think about, hey, if I don't remember being born or dying, what makes me think I was alive to begin with? There's a possibility of just existing and transitioning as those vessels, those costumes, uh, you know, you wear and you move out of old skin, so to say. And the roller coaster of it too, just by observation, it seems that life, death being part of that, one facet, again, seems like one transition after the next. The roller coaster reaching various states of ecstasy, or as the French would say, le petit mort which translates to tiny death in reference to orgasm in sex and more times throughout my life than not I've come to love and experience orgasm through various states that aren't just sex. Death being the ultimate orgasmic transition into who the fuck knows what it wasn't until I was watching Octopus Teacher spoiler alert if you haven't seen it I was so in awe of the way that nature teaches um, through all of the interactions that we have with life so it's an incredible love story and this man is witnessing this octopus grow up until she finally gives birth and at the very end is so weak from like giving birth being attacked sort of going through all of the survival mode to have her babies be put out into the ocean and she sacrifices her body and it reminds me of the potency that mothers have um how giving birth is also such a death the ability to surrender your life to nourish others and how my mother's death had the ability to paralyze me with fear and with sorrow of the fact that she was gone in the same way that this man like going back to this space knowing that she wasn't there anymore it was so heartbreaking for him he still feels it like when he talks about it you can see how much he was in love with this octopus teacher that he had and instead it opened up other doors he he moved through the paralyzation of it or what could have been paralyzing and opened up this curiosity moving forward with what has this taught me and how do I apply it to the rest of my life because they are both gone the octopus is gone 
my mother is gone the worm is gone the people that we continue to love along the way and I say big and small because I am completely in love and believe that we are all on this vibration of love and life from the micro to the macro if anything it's an acknowledgement of all, all of our divinity so it's other people's stories retellings experiential moments when the penny drops when the concept is embodied and the recognition that it happens so many times throughout our lives before we actually reach the physical transition into something else that is without this vessel that we came in and those Moments have come to be death parties in my life. They have come to become celebrations of seasons. They have become acknowledgments and processes and acceptance of something that was and is no longer and something that is giving it allowance to bloom, giving it permission to become whatever the fuck it's going to become. That is the beautiful seed of death. Once it is planted, it's always a wild card. You don't know what that tree is going to fruit until it happens. It's the magical rainbow wild card of life. It is being able to give a space, growing through a ritual and a ceremony of something and that can look like writing it that can look like dancing it that can look like all sorts there the moments where you can then recognize that something has completely shifted the trajectory of your life the one that you were on and the one you were you thought you were going to be continuously on <laughs> the intense transformation AKA La Muerte, Katrina, death. And this winter's death party, is, I see how it began last year when I was tapering off traveling. I've been on the road for five years and I was slow in my roll knowing that I wanted to be in one place but it couldn't fully pause all in one go. So the winter of 2019 BC, before COVID, I was in India for three months hibernating, processing, as Oregon taught me winter does. And being now in a place, in a home, in a space where I can put out my things that don't just belong in my traveling backpack, there was this stopping that happened for me on a personal level but also this full-blown stop that happened in the world which didn't mean I couldn't continue traveling but it definitely limited everything in terms of how I got around couch surfing 
um, help X, woofing, all of the all of the possibilities, all of the options that were available to vagabond with such leisure because of the world that we live in nowadays were fucking gone. So now you have to stop the boat and let the chop hit you of what has been this time, this movement, this process that goes alongside trickle down to my mom's death and how we all grieve and process and move through the costume of death. There's a quote by this bitch, Cynthia Ocelli, and she says, for a seed to achieve its greatest expression, it must come completely undone. The shell cracks, its insides come out, and everything changes. To someone who doesn't understand growth, it would look like complete destruction. I love coming undone in a space that allows for me to do that. There's a lot of gratitude in that. Um, I feel like that's bougie as fuck. That was not something that was a possibility or opportunity a few years ago in my situation and how much everything has shifted and yeah having a death party of celebration for all of the pain and all of the old things that are teaching me now it's fucking intense one of my favorite magical stories i narrate in ghetto to garden it's not part of the preview, so y'all gonna have to wait to hear it. It's only one of many. That's why I have one now, too, uh, to sort of bring into light the weirdness that is the things that I can't explain but show up. So I hadn't dreamt of her since she had passed, and the night before her service, I had a dream that her, my sister, and me, we were in this just gorgeous space. I could smell the fresh air. It was the perfect temperature where there was this cool breeze, but the sun was out. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. You could smell all of the flowers nearby, and she was in this flowy white dress like straight up fucking Rivendell from Lord of the Rings Abuela Castaña agrees she just dropped a little leaf on my head and her beautiful hair was down and all did and she didn't have makeup on but she looked bomb as fuck and we sat down and had a picnic and chilled and I was aware that this was the other state it was so nice to see her smiling and with her fucking hair all done and just feeling like a fucking queen because that's not how she left feeling. That wasn't the state 
but then there was a release and an acknowledgement and all of a sudden we're meeting again in a space where she's like oh my gosh all that crazy shit you're talking about it makes sense <laughs> and we're laughing drinking amazing tea and having food and then having to wake up because everybody on the other side there was this archway covered in leaves and flowers and on the other side our family getting everything situated for the service and everybody was in color so we said bye hugged her I could remember smelling her it's incredible when you can feel the temperature of somebody's body heat in what most would call a dream and my sister and I crossed under the arch over to our family to help out there was no need to look back because I could feel how at peace she was she was like fucking chilling wherever the fuck she was chilling where she met us in this garden i don't even know i didn't ask i didn't need to it was so it was just like yeah you're fucking good and i woke up laugh crying sobbing and wrote down her eulogy which i thought i had nothing to say other than she's dead it sucks it's funny too because i don't even mention the dream in the eulogy <laughs> it's just the fire that inspired it and at that point it was the wow Katrina, you are such a teacher. Like everything in life, nothing is perfect. And there are many things that, in retrospect, I'm like, whoa. It would have been nice to be in a different place to... Da, 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 da. all the what-ifs that come around death. But there's an understanding and a patience for the way that life will never make sense <laughs> as much as we contemplate and play with it. And that's the beauty about it. And all of the things that I learned because of exactly how it happened. The ability to understand that taking space, self-care, and asking for help are paramount. When moving through a death process with a loved one. Taking roles and accountability, showing up and meetings and love and community and compassion and that's not easy which is why nobody does it but I am going to constantly 
be advocating for it because I would not be doing one of my greatest teachers justice for all that she taught me in her death process. The Jeremy reminded me I saw one of the most beautiful bluebells ever. It was just an iridescent royal blue. My mom's favorite color. Ha. Huh? Good one. <laughs> That's the color everybody wore for her service and the color she was buried in. Touche. You fucking crazy bitch. I love you. With all of that feeling of weakness there also comes the strength in being able to surrender and finding compassion for everyone involved my ma's funeral taught me that and I say funeral because I'm putting the fun back into funerals bringing back her favorite color which she was in we were in her favorite music her songs her favorite foods, the stories, some dancing. Of course, crying is allowed. Please, all the more, the better. But it's the ability to hold each other in that and not have to hold it in darkness. To hold it in reverence and acknowledgement for the fact that we were all a part of it. And there's this bitch that was documented by her daughter the director Kathy Hankel the documentary is called Laura's Choice she takes it to another fucking level when I talk about funeral seeing my mom's situation and I'm an advocate uh, pro-life of who you are in your own body when someone is terminally ill, to have the ability to say, this is enough for me, please. I'm a go. Um, can I get a spliff, please? Roll out, dun 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 dun. And you have the choice of how you wanna roll out. Now, that's a whole other can of tomatoes, which I love the green fried tomatoes for another time and another place and another topic that I absolutely love. Um, the ability to have the autonomy over your own body and your own life. So there's the legalities of that. Um, if you have a terminal illness in Oregon and in Switzerland, it's doable, quote unquote doable. And I think in Washington and there's probably other places that hopefully, uh, that's possible to do now but on the next level funeral that I don't have all of the details to yet because I haven't seen the documentary I've only read the article for it and watched the trailer the premise of it alone has given me so much hope and desire and looking forward to the evolution of death 
And I wanted to thank Laura, who's this bitch that set up the stage for it, and her daughter and her granddaughter that went through this journey with her. Because it's never an easy one. But the ability and the courage to do that as a family, yo. But this bitch upped it when she was like, yeah, but I'm not like technically terminally ill, but like I'm considering a shit ton of things in my life. And the ability to do that because I'm a grown ass woman who has done her things in life and all the bits. So she creates this on the next level funeral, uh, which really inspired me. Oh, la luna. <laughs> the sun and the moon are in the sky. I can see her from here. Her first quarter. Gracias a todo. For the way I am reminded that love vibrates in a much deeper way than I can begin to fucking fathom. For the cold and the pain and the winter because now I'm sitting witnessing spring <laughs> at 420 <laughs> blessed be Maria and the equinox the dogs agree this is the latest I've ever done a seance but I also feel so on time and the surrender of like, sabes que? Hice lo que pude. It's gonna be what is gonna be. I live for weird and all of the facets of rooted weird. The movement <laughs> inside of the worm, Jeremy, that intuitively perceive something whether conscious of it or not the information our entire being absorbs in one day sifts out through sleep and this death antidote is only one of many to set the stage of how things naturally unfold and how magic comes into different states of consciousness in ways that I cannot begin to know but I love following it and the dream with my ma only solidified the practice of remembering these states through lucid dreaming and dream journal are my preference as I've mentioned before I wake up with information that has translated itself into images, messages that help navigate various states, not only in the astral, but in the physical as well. The eulogy, again, being one of many examples. This isn't rocket science. It's the parapsychology and quantum physics branches of bizarreness that I absolutely love 
so slipping into these dream states and after spending that picnic in the garden with my mom and my sister on one of the most beautiful days as I look out of Abuela Castaña and I'm like oh that's where we were here it was the moment that I understood why I felt closer to her in death such a potent dream what is death but a suspended slumber <gasps> tractor and bookmark at the bottom of that episode under web of spells you will find all the puzzle pieces breadcrumbs for this seance Spiral further into your weird for our magic moon days. Parte dos of La Muerte, welcoming other witches and wizards as we ask them, how has your relationship with death evolved? Till that non-existent point in time when we meet again in whatever form. <laughs> Stay fucking weird, bitches.